Some people go to casinos on Thanksgiving. Uh, sure. Yeah. I don't get that though. That's, I think that's a weird tradition. Yes. But I also think going to like a strip club buffet is weird too, but people do that. But not like on a specific day of the year. That's just like a Friday. Wait, you're saying, I thought you were, you're saying people have a tradition to go to. Yeah. That's like a big thing. I feel like here in Washington, like people will go to casinos on Thanksgiving in particular. I've heard multiple people say that's where they spend Mm, Thanksgiving. I hope that's not like a, we're giving back to native Americans type thing oh god i don't think so i don't think so would you put it past white people though (laughs) (laughs) i didn't say these people were white are they i didn't say they (laughs) were white (laughs) (laughs) welcome to subscurity the podcast about obscure subcultures i'm brenna and i'm jordan and today we're talking about card counters Do you like to gamble? This is the part where you reply. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of like uh, a witty pun. Like I gamble my free time away by spending it with you or something like that. But see, as you can see, I struggled a little bit. Um, yeah. No, I don't gamble. But like, have you ever gambled? Um, I went to Vegas once when I was 20 and they don't card you. Hint, hint. And I, you scandalous rogue. Mm-hmm. And we played the slot machines. Ooh, the penny slots. I've bought lottery tickets. Oh, that's yep. fair. Yeah. Well, I bought lottery tickets last from what I remember. Yeah. And you cashed them in. Seven dollars. Yeah. It def. What did I? I paid like twenty one dollars. It was like our twenty first. It was. I was trying to remember what the episode number was, but that's. I think I, it was twenty one. Ep- yeah. Yeah. Twenty first episode was lottery winners. You bought twenty one Powerball tickets. So I lost two thirds. Really, I lost all of it since you took the money. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. What? So, is it the reason you? The it sounds like you don't like gambling, or like it's not. It doesn't interest you at all. Yeah, I guess I would say it just doesn't interest me, or it doesn't intersect with my like current lifestyle i wouldn't like say i dislike it um i've known someone with a gambling problem and it's like i know people get addicted to it it's very similar to any other addiction but on just like a normal basis i don't know like i'm not someone who likes to i guess i would say i'm pretty frugal and that's true you are i like just based on how i grew up i would i don't know that just doesn't seem like wise to me so i think that's it like i like card games and i like competition but not necessarily over money i say this and i was a big fantasy football player and i would yeah. lose well that, i mean that's but a that's, little different like a, that yeah. i mean it's a game of it's you minimize your losses you know exactly how much you're putting in right like you i think of fantasy football kind of like poker i guess like it like i think of gambling there's like two different kinds right like there's gambling in the sense that you're talking about like poker or fantasy football where you're competing against everyone else and it's a neutral playing field, at least at the start. Right. Um, and then, I mean, it's different. Like you're not playing the person in fantasy football as much as you're hoping your roster doesn't shit the bed. Right. (laughs) Like, right. But like, still like the but it's, it's still a gamble on who's the, right. like how how the team's going to perform like who it, you it's put chance. in yeah. you, there's a lot of uh, what people in the nerd industry would call rng yes um <laughs> right so but the other side of gambling would be playing against 
the house, right? Playing against the casino. Right. Which is like slot machines like you were talking about. But there are card games like that too. Like Blackjack. Like Blackjack. 21. Which is also known as 21. <laughs> yes, that yes. is. I knew you that. You didn't mean that mm. as two. You were just expanding I, out. Mm, yeah. Yes. Uh, which gets me to who I want to talk about. This was such a perfect segue. Nice work, Brenna. Yeah, uh, yeah we really uh, turned it around from my long pause at the beginning there. <laughs> uh, which is card counters. Ooh. Like people who specifically tried to beat the casino in the game of Blackjack or 21. I've seen the movie with Kevin Spacey. What a douche. Oh, yeah. So that one took some creative liberties. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about the movie. I think it's, is it 21? I think is the movie. That's what I said. Yeah. Let's okay. turn on those active listening skills, Jordan. Well, I, mm, okay. So the movie 21 <laughs> with Kevin Spacey, that, that one, fo- I believe, I haven't seen in a long time, but it's like, it focuses on the MIT team, right? And I, he's like the MIT professor or something. I too haven't seen it in a long time. <laughs> we are well prepared for this. <laughs> oh, I didn't know what you were going to talk about. I didn't know I had to brush up on my 21. I think from now trivia. on before every single podcast, you should watch Kevin Spacey's entire career <laughs> <laughs> and then take a bath to get the like filth and sludge off you from having to watch him on, on something. And, and then, then donate a hundred dollars to <laughs> survivors of, Oh, sorry. Did I make that too real? It stopped being funny. Uh, oh. So <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Normally I carry As the comedic we laughed, weight yeah. on this show. <laughs> okay. So, um, but yeah, so I want to talk about card counters. Uh, we'll, st- and, and again, it's specifically, I, I didn't realize this, I guess at first, although retrospect, I don't know how I didn't, but like it really only applies to the game of blackjack. Okay. There isn't other, I mean, there, there are probably other casino games where casino card games, I would guess that you can get some sort of advantage, but but really blackjack is the one. And if there isn't, if there is another one, I don't know what it is. And if there isn't pretend, I never said any of it last 20 seconds. <laughs> so, okay. Like, can I just ask a question to begin? No, <laughs> <laughs> don't, I have a feeling you're going to anyways. <laughs> yeah. Well, don't like, don't casinos kind of monitor for that. Will they kick people out if they suspect them of counting cards? Yeah. So it, it depends. Uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about how casinos respond, but, uh, to answer the question directly, some casinos or a lot of casinos will, or they've banned the practice. And if they, if the floor managers or the, um, the dealers notice that, yeah, they will likely kick you out, potentially even ban you from the casino. However, some jurisdictions specifically like Alberta and Atlantic cities, uh, New Jersey, I guess, Atlantic city, uh, they, specifically there's legal protection to card counters saying there's nothing illegal in what you're doing. I've always wondered that. Like I do understand. I think it undermines the, the intention and the spirit of the game. But if you have that skill or let's say you're just a really bright numbers mind and you can't help, but do it. Like I'm sure there are some people who just kind of do that with everything. Um, I've always kind of wondered like what the grounds are, but I get it's kind of against the spirit, but if that's how you can beat a game. <laughs> it, well, yeah. So we'll talk about that, but like, I mean, it's the casino. We'll talk about how the casinos reacted. I should, I'll, I'll get to it, but, but generally casinos don't like it is the answer. Cause they lose money. Cause it, it diminishes the house advantage. Right. Um, so blackjack is as a game, it's well known as the, the, most favorable towards you as a player versus the ca- a casino, right? Already? Like Just with- by default. Oh, okay. um, by default, if you, I think it's like 
the house has a 0.05% advantage. If you play the game perfectly, which means there is a there's a list of rules basically of when you should hit and when you should stay, right? Okay. Um, so for every card combination, including splits, if you were to memorize, and you should, if you're going to be a card counter, you should you still need to know this part of it. There is an optimal way to play the game. And if you play the game perfectly and the dealer has to play, the, there is there are rules to how the dealer has to play too in casinos. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to why that is in a moment. But if you were both to play the game perfectly, basically, uh, or you play perfectly, I play by the rules. If you were to play a thousand times, you would win 495 times and lose 505 times, right? Oh, so there's like marginal difference, it, basically. If like, you play it perfectly, yeah. but it is advantage to the house, though. Like the house is the casino's never gonna play a game yeah. where, where they're not gonna theoretically win money over the long run, right? Um, so that's that's the basic of it. If you card count, you can diminish that advantage and even gain one to two percent maybe advantage over the house. If you were to play it perfectly and the house doesn't change how they how they deal with you, basically, and allow you to keep playing. So isn't that still like just a marginal return and like no one's going to sit there, which I get that still yeah. like, favors you. But how does a uh, like floor manager kind of suss that out? Because apparently like, I doubt someone's going to play a thousand games in a row. So you have a much smaller pool and like just odds dictate that maybe you could win three, four in a row. But yeah. generally, look, generally speaking, it's going to be like. 50-50, but that's only if it's one-on-one, right? So the the odds obviously are different when you're playing in a group. Yeah, so there's kind of two points there. One is is how do they suss it out is basically based on how the strategy would work to actually employ card counting, which I will. I want to talk about how you do it, right? No, let's not ever get there. <laughs> it's not actually, like, it's funny. It's not hard in the sense of, like, you can be bad at math. I consider myself bad at math. But if you can do some pretty basic arithmetic, like if you can count to 30, you can card count. The challenge is more in the environment of doing so. And I'll get to that what that means in a moment. Um, but the other part of it is what you're describing is what a lot of people now think is an overreaction by the casinos where they should not be going after card counters because the, the potential loss per hour from even a perfectly really awesome card counter is really low for the casino. Yeah. And someone who is skilled enough and has the bankroll, which also is important. I'll get to in a bit to, to pull it off is really unlikely to like damage you significantly. And what is more likely to happen is it's going to bring in people who are interested because they see people winning. Right. And they're going to, and they get excited, which is very common in casinos. you go to a craps table, you see people rolling, either a seven initially or not or whatever. I played craps once. I was very drunk. I learned it at the time and I've already forgotten it. (laughs) But like people get very excited at the craps table, right? And it brings people in who inevitably go and don't know how to bet well and and lose money. And so there's arguments against like casinos reacting to card counters. So is this just you? Is Are you entering a campaign to pass legislation to make card counting legal? Is that what this episode is? I would say even if I was, that, that legislation doesn't really help. Because like I said, Alberta, Atlantic City, other places in the world, uh, in, in the United States, have legislation protecting card counters. It doesn't really help. They'll come, The casinos will come up with whatever reason they want to kick, kick people out, out right? Yeah. So, so the, yeah. So I would say... The real thing is I'm almost trying to make the opposite point, which is card counting seems really fun. And I would maybe like to try it as a hobby. Ooh. 
right? Like it's something you want as if you're going to the casino and you know, you're gonna lose money anyways, and you want to try <laughs> and see how long you can do. Okay. Before you, you fail or get kicked out. Great. But realistically, you're not going to make money off of it. Hmm. Interesting. So blackjack, let's go historically. You know, you know how this works. So we've, <laughs> we've pivoted from talking about 21 to blackjack. So, so the, the original game that you was, just didn't even acknowledge my joke. The origin, I'm moving right past <laughs> you. The origin, but the original game was called 21. It, how do you say 21 in French? 21. Okay. I think that, yeah, I think that's, I'm just reading like the phonetic pronunciation. I think that matches what you just said. Um, but that's what it was originally called. It seems to, uh, date back to a game called, how do you say 15 in French? Quince? Uh, no, uh, Kens. Kens? Okay. Uh, there was a game called 15, an Italian game called, I'm going to just say it in English, seven and a half. And even before that, like dating back to the 1400s, there was a game called 31. And these are all variations of trying to get to a specific number, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in the start of the 19th century, the game made its way over, the game of 21, as it was officially called at that point, made its way over to the United States. And like we do, we decided to take an existing thing and completely change what it was. Yes. <laughs> uh, much like football or, or any other uh, European well, football, European originally, they'd probably claim it, but I don't know Let's if it not actually was. Draw a metaphor. <laughs> it was a Mesoamerican ball game. It was it was native to the Americas. Screw you, Europe. But anyways, <laughs> uh, twenty one came over here. Uh, the name blackjack was given to it, peak, and now it's synonymous in in any part of the world. But it was because the they gave an extra payout basically to any player who received the ace of spades and a black jack card. Oh. So not really how the rules work anymore, but that's where like the nickname came from. Okay. So th- I was going to say that doesn't happen in modern versions of it, does it? No. To the, the, what the Americans, what we Americans did introduce, which was, which was not the case in the, in the game beforehand was uh, two specific things. One is that dealers lost the ability to play the game basically the rule became dealers would previously just play the game like a normal player but they okay. they represented the, the house right um when the americans created it it or americans introduced modified. it modified it modernized it whatever you want to say it they they made rules of when the dealer could hit or stand so basically if the dealer got a 16 they would have to hit if the dealer got a 17 or or more the dealer had to stay right gotcha. so you knew you knew as a player exactly what was going to happen when the dealer was going do you want it like just for kind of a, a warmer for our audience like just give a, a yeah brief i probably should have started like that. how yeah 21 works for those who don't know yeah that's that's fair um so in the game of 21 every player is dealt two cards the dealer is dealt one face up one face down that was another thing the americans introduced by the way uh that you could see at least one of the cards uh, the, the game is played completely against the house. So you, even though you're at a table with four or five other people, maybe you are only ever, the only person you care about to be is, is the casino, the house itself. But so only you, one person can win, correct? No, multiple you can, huh. multiple people can win as long as they beat the, the casino. Oh, okay. Uh, if you're playing at home with your friends and family, maybe you can, there's different rules, but in terms of how you play against the the casino this yeah this is how it works so um you get you were dealt two cards mm-hmm. uh the cards are given give you a numeric value if you get a 
two through nine, the value of the card that you're given is the amount of points you get. doesn't matter what suit it is. Face value. Face value, right? So a seven is worth a seven and a nine is worth a nine. If you get a 10, jack, queen, or king, they're always worth 10 points. Yeah. So you take one of those cards plus, uh, so if you have like a 10 and a, or sorry, if you have a queen and a six, you have 16, for example. An ace is... What do you get when you have like a two and a two? I don't know how to add. If you get an ace, an ace can be a one, or sorry, a two, no, one or an 11. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> brain is brain is tired. But so so you can choose and, and, and basically once, so you get your two cards, you have an initial starting hand. Uh, and then when it's your turn, you can tell the dealer to hit or to stay. And the dealer will offer you, if you say, decide to hit, the dealer will flip over the next card in the deck. And that gets added to your point total. And your goal as a player is to get as close to the number 21 as possible or, or hitting it without going over. The dealer, after all players have hit or lost, and this is where some of the house advantage comes in, right? Because players will self-eliminate before it's even the dealer's turn. Okay. Um, once everyone who's left hasn't busted past 21, the dealer will then flip over his face-down card plus his already face-up card, and then hit per the rules, which is, again, hitting up to the number 16, yep. uh, up and through the number 16, and staying at any number 17 or higher. Okay. And then whoever is above the dealer or equal to the dealer, equal to the dealer is a, is a draw, up to, above the dealer is an, a win, and whoever's below the dealer loses. Yeah, I think I, could, I think I could win 21 pretty easily, so I am ready to gamble. When are we going to the casino? <laughs> so do you, so can you think like so you've i mean you mentioned the movie 21 mm-hmm. uh the the way movies always portray it is and even like hang the hangover series right like they always portray it as some like mathematical genius moment where you're you've got like numbers flying around in your head as you're watching cards and maybe this is just specifically zach allen <laughs> scene but like do you know what i mean like I, that it's a very math based thing to card counts and like very few people count. can do it but isn't it just kind of being able to keep track in your mind and statistics uh yeah so the and so it's funny because they there is a historical basis for why mathematicians and computer science uh computer scientists were the basis for modern card counting but it's not because of how they played the game. It's because of they developed the techniques for once you get the table. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it kind of reminds me of um, like in football, there are rules or, or guidelines, I guess, when you should go for a two point conversion yeah, exactly. or not based on your score. And it's like, yeah, I don't think you have to be a mathematical genius to figure it out. But I mean, the foundation is always going to be mathematical. Someone with a math brain figured out the odds and then laid out the stats, right? That, yeah, and that's exactly, that's exactly what happened. Basically, uh, a man named Edward Thorpe, who was a mathematics professor and uh, specifically a pioneer in how to apply probability theory, mm-hmm. he used early computers back in like the 50s and into the early 60s to basically figure out how, how to keep track of cards that were being played at a time and then use that to count cards. And so this is the key about blackjack is that it is a game that is based on the past, right? right. If you play a game like poker, every time you use a new hand, all the cards have been shuffled. Everything gets dealt out evenly, right? Your, your, your statistics are start over every single round, but with blackjack, at least until the casinos caught on <laughs> that this was happening. If you had like a single deck, for example, 
you would play a round and then those cards would get discarded and you would keep playing from the same deck. And gotcha. so the, the, you, by counting cards, by knowing which cards had already been discarded, you had an idea of what the probability is of a good card coming up for you next would be right. Yeah. So that's kind of my next question is like the actual process. Are you, are, are people counting it down to the number? Like, are you keeping track of all what 13, 14 cards in a deck? Like, all right, there've been three aces, two twos, yeah. or are you kind of assigning like a range? Like, all right, the, um, single digits. Yeah. So Edward Thorpe's initial method was more, I think, I, I don't know the, how it exactly worked, but it's more what you were just saying that it was, you're trying to keep track of tons of cards. What happened was through like a series of things uh, that will, that I can get to maybe if we're, if we have time, but it ultimately uh, a man named Ken Uston developed this, the, I think it was Ken Uston. It might've been Al Francesco. I can't figure out who specifically, but one of them developed the high low strategy, which is the most common way to count cards, the recommended way if you're interested, um, even to this day. And the reason why is because it's actually not hard to count. You're not keeping track of every single card that's going um, through. Basically, the way it works is you there's three values of cards. Okay. Uh, two through six, those are bad cards for you. Or those are bad cards for you as a yeah. player, right? Because they incrementally add up and any single one of them can bust you over. Every time you see a two or six on the table, you add one in your mind. Add one in your mind. So start at, start at the number zero. Yeah. If you see a number, if you see a card that has any value between two or six to plus one to that value in your mind. Yeah. So you're like keeping track of a number or are you keeping you're like keeping, in that bucket? I you're, have one. Ju- you're just keeping track of this raw number, but the, not just, even in the two to six. Exactly. Zone. You don't okay. even need this. Is, and this is why the technique, again, it was developed by mathematical geniuses, but it was developed yeah. to be used in the moment. By right? idiots. Like, well, not even just by idiots, but just like, remember, because this is the hard part of card counting that people don't realize, like the counting isn't the hard part. It's you're in the casino. There's lights, there's people talking, there's dealers, there's cards are flying quickly. There's distractions, right? Like you need to be able to keep up with everything going on. So this is the idea of the method is to keep it as simple as possible. So if you have a number two, three, if you see a car that's two, three, four, five, or six, mm-hmm. add one to your imaginary total in your brain. Okay. If it's seven, eight, or nine, ignore it. You don't have to do anything. That card is there. Wow. It doesn't, it has no advantage to you or to the dealer. So you don't care if it, you don't care how many of those cards have basically flown through. Interesting. Okay. If it is 10 through ace, 10 jack, queen, king, or ace, those are cards that are good for you as a player and bad for the house generally. So you subtract one from your total. Okay. And the reason you subtract one, so the reason, it's kind of funny, right? Like you, good cards, you minus one, mm-hmm. bad cards, you plus one. But the reason is, what you want to know is when is there a high number in my head? Because that means it's good for me to start betting. AK, if the bad cards, two, three, four, five, or six, have been played a lot. Yeah. And the good cards, 10, Jack, Queen, King, or Ace, which are minus one, have not been played a lot, my number's going to be very positive. In my brain, that tells me, hey, my number in my head is 13, 14, 15. I should start making big bets because the odds are that the next couple cards that are going to come my way in these next hands are going to be very advantageous to me as a player. What, what number does it start to be like the odds really tip in your favor? Like what is quote unquote high? You know, I don't know. I, when I looked online, it was, you know, it 
people would say like 13 or so, but the, the problem is it depends on how many decks you're playing with. So these are like where Mm. you need to know is the casino playing with, is it a two card or two, two deck shoe? Is it a four deck shoe? Like that's going to change. Right. And there is a way of, so there is like a, an additional math. I'm, I'm doing the very simple version. There's additional math component where you take that number you have and divide it by the amount of decks that are in that you're playing. So like that yeah. 13, you would divide by four and, and you, if you're playing a four deck shoe and then you round that, like you number of decks rounded to the nearest half deck. Okay. So like it gets a little more complicated, but the point is like, there's a way to determine it mathematically. But again, it's not a ton of work math. What, what the hard part is, is keeping track of cards and just adding ones or subtracting ones in your head. Yeah. While everyone's playing and while like everyone's you said, playing all the distractions and you're trying not on. to look obvious about it. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like there are like, there's additional techniques you can do. For example, you don't need to count every single card exactly. So imagine there's, you're playing with four people, you, uh, besides yourself, right? So there's like mm-hmm. three people at the, on, at the table plus the dealer. Yeah. Uh, if you are looking at the pairs of cards of the people you're playing with, right? Cause everything's face up. You don't need to say, Oh, Brenna got an eight and an ACE. So that's in my head. That's a zero. And the ACE is plus one, right? Yeah. All you it's need minus to, one. sorry, minus one. Thank you. <laughs> you're paying attention. Uh, all you need to do is look at the pair of cards and say, is it, is the pair plus one or minus one or zero? Okay. So if you see two Kings, in your head or plus two or minus the, two or minus two. Sorry. Yeah. But, but you basically you see like you add up the pairs. Cause if a, if there's like a King and a four, you know, those cancel out. Yeah. So that, so you don't need to like go King plus one, four minus one. Like that's where they say, like experts say you're going to slow yourself down. Okay. It's easier to just kind of do pair matching. It's either the pairs match or they don't match. Okay. If that makes sense. Um, so yeah, so that's the basics of card, like high low card counting. It's actually Seems pretty simple. Yeah, it's not. It's not hard, right? Like yeah. it, it is a pretty simple concept. And there, I mean, there's other kind of aspects to it. Um, there's what's called back counting, uh, or more commonly known as wonging. Wonging. <laughs> wonging, and it's named after a man named John Ferguson who also goes by the pen name Stanford Wong. So I don't actually know if he's Asian or if he's just <laughs> appropriating the name. <laughs> um, probably not. But he he's known as the the person who kind of came up with this concept of Wonging. That was, um, he, he wrote a, a book called Professional Blackjack under the pen name Stanford Wong. And basically he had this computer program that allowed him to figure out how to do card counting but what he would do is he would stand behind a table okay so he's not playing he's just watching it played but from behind the dealer and he can tell by card counting the, the cards that i'm playing when the advantage has started to change toward the players and away from the dealer okay. so it's the same principle but he's just not actively playing it the whole time so he's just observing and then as soon as he can tell the advantages for the player he would wong in, as they call it, oh sit at just immediately sit at the table and place a huge bet. That's amazing. And, and act, you know, like a very fun drunk person maybe or something. Right. But yeah. like, Oh, I'm just going to try this. Right. And so again, these are like little techniques to hide it from the house potentially. Um, Ooh, I like it. Yeah. Uh, similarly, the MIT team, 
the way they kind of took advantage, they they used Wonging as well, as well as the high-low counting. But what they did was they used teams to do it. So right. you would have regular people there that were there to like just hide the betting. They would be the ones doing the counting, but they would never change their bets. Yeah. But they would suspicious or not suspiciously subtly signal yeah. to the, the the main person betting and that person would know when to make their big bets or when not to. I am super into this and like it kind of goes hand in hand. I feel like I'd be spy. good at it. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. wow, it's like being a spy, but super low stakes. So do you want to like next time we're free, like do you want to go to a casino with me and I, try this out? I actually really like, yeah, I like going. I mean, like I very rarely win money there, uh, except that one night when I was drunk at the craps table. How often, like, when was the last time you went to a casino? Oh, it was a couple of years ago. Uh, Why? Oh, we were in Vegas. We, like, oh. went as a big group trick to Vegas. Like, I don't go to win money. Like, I think... It's just a pastime. It's just something Yeah, like, it's yeah. like, I, I waste money on far worse things, is what I would say. Uh, but, like, going going with a group of people uh and and knowing your one knowing your limits like i'm not there to win money first of all i'm there to just spend money to have a good time if i end up with losing money more slowly than i anticipated even better um and doing things that are fun so like i like penny slots uh that are that have like bonus games in them yeah there's like this one lord of the rings game in vegas that i've played that like get your giant L off your forehead. Uh, <laughs> uh, but it like every now and then it'll like trigger the separate game. that's on the TV above the main screen okay. and like, you know, Boromir is chopping down orcs or something and you get big payouts. And yeah, again, I'm losing money over the long run, but it makes it more fun as I do. So, um, this is how they get you. This is exactly how they get me. As long as you know your limits though. <laughs> um, but, uh, craps, um, I, I keep mentioning it, but there was just one awesome night where, um, my wife and I and two of our friends, uh, we just like wandered by a craps table and like we had no idea how to play. But some some people were giving us some basic advice and we went in there, all of us with like a couple hundred dollars and almost all of us nearly lost it all and then walked away each of us like hundreds of dollars richer, like $2,000 total for the four of us. Oh my God. Yeah. Because we knew when to quit was the important yeah. thing there. Yeah. Right. Um, we walked away before it swung back the other way. So, um, so I've re- like ever since then I have this like very rosy picture of craps in my head, yeah. but I could not tell you how the game is played. And I'm sure if I went again and I was sober, <laughs> like, <laughs> it would not have the same thrill. Yeah. No, but it is exciting. Like I think I did play craps once as well. Like, really weird random trip like my ex and i we were on like a trip somewhere and like it was a long drive back and there was a casino and he's like you want to go to the casino and i was like all right so it was like mid midday on a weekday and you know it smells like cigarette smoke and i think yeah we went to go play craps but we lost money because we won yeah and i was like all right let's exit we've made a profit yeah. <laughs> and he's like no let's keep going i'm like okay and then, and then yeah tanks. we lost yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah and i think i mean like well, actually, that's a really good thing to recognize, too, in that uh, what they say, what the card counter, what the like card counting community says is that you have to understand, again, even at the best outcome, even if you're really good at this and you're making really good bets and the casino isn't kicking you out, like you are still going to have lots of variance, right? Yeah. It's you're playing odds, but odds aren't going to be aren't necessarily going to translate to perfect wins and loss record. Right. right? Um, one person basically says 
And you need to have essentially a hundred times your maximum bet as your bankroll to be able to survive the variance that you're going to have. So if that means you're playing at a table where you want your max bet to be a hundred dollars, which is pretty like I'm not saying it isn't a little amount of money, but it's pretty reasonable if you're if you're if you're card counting, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if you you're the whole point is to place big bets when you think you're going to win. Yeah. If you intend to have a hundred dollars as your max bet, you need to have a ten thousand dollar cash reserve to start because you are going to go down you're going to go up and there's going to be major swings in order for you to have that very little incremental growth that like you identified at the very beginning of this episode yeah that's fucking crazy maybe like 20 years from now if i'm just like swimming in cash and don't know what to do with it but to me like that's <laughs> just i don't know if this is like a, a lifestyle thing but just like i, can, I really just cannot well it, it's funny because like my read of it is it like it, it exploded in popularity and it's very it's been mythologized which i know it's like it's weird for an obscure podcast to focus on this, but I feel like people don't really know what the community is like outside mm-hmm. of the way it's presented in uh, like movies and, and TV shows and stuff. But like the early pioneers of this definitely, I think were walking away with a large sum of money. The, what happened was they basically destroyed the industry in a large way because they, they were smart. They found a better way to make profit, which was to write books about them <laughs> of how they were winning and they, and, and how they were beating casinos and then put it on, you know, publish them and then see them rise to the top of a New York times bestsellers list, literally to the point where casinos then had to go react and people walked into casinos thinking I'm an expert. I can beat that the house and didn't really know what they were doing. And so the casinos are making tons of money. They've already changed the game to minimize how effective card counters are. Win-win. Yeah, and the people who helped invent it are walking away with giant book deals and major publicity and movie deals and so forth, right? Yeah, and I think when I was saying, like, I just can't fat, like, not counting cards, like, I could see myself going, and I think you summarized it the right way. If you're going to gamble, like, you have to think of it as, you're not in it to win money, know your limit, like, this is how I'm going to spend money, like to have some fun for X amount of time. Right. So think of it as spending money, but yeah, like I just can't imagine just like for a couple of hours, like the whole, the more, the more so the concept of just putting my money on the line, um, on a, on a game, like for hours on end or whatever it may be. Yeah. And, and you will probably get caught Unless you, unless you are really, really good at it, but you're probably not. But how do you get caught? <laughs> uh, so that, yeah, so that's a good question. So floor managers, floor people, it's say, they say it's actually pretty obvious. Um, there's a couple ways. Like one is that your betting strategy becomes very apparent. Like all of a sudden they're you're picking have, up on your pattern. Yeah. your you as a person are going to, are going to bet very like, very, expectedly as if you were card counting another is you're just you know the way your eyes are moving yep. you know things like that if you're just flying in all the time to if you're walking in walking out right like the, it's not hard for them to identify is basically what they say um and they have techniques even if you even if they weren't identifying you they have pretty good techniques to make it difficult um in fact it's very hard to car- count cards in places like vegas because the they shuffle decks they shuffle their shoes so so frequently for example yeah um the floor managers will sometimes just walk by and say hey i want you to to you know shuffle the deck right now um 
they also some of the floor managers it was pretty interesting they would say like we don't always just kick people out sometimes we just fuck with them <laughs> like, <laughs> like i will like a floor manager will say i will go and have a good conversation with somebody and it's like had they can't keep track of the cards if they're talking to me <laughs> so i get to have a fun conversation with people and watch them kind of screw up whatever method that they're very obviously trying to do well that's kind of fun yeah i feel like that's yeah. the best way to go about it have a little fun with it yeah uh there was a, I was reading comments of, of people in the subreddit. It's pretty small. It's like 175 people. There is, I think there's better forums for it. They're like it card counting predates Reddit by a margin. (laughs) So like there was a, I found a, a, just a blackjack forum that had like 7,000 members, but it's been around for 15 years. So even that doesn't seem huge to me. So again, like I don't think it's an enormous community. I think people are very interested in it Yeah, and maybe they'll buy a book, but in terms of people who actually like, God and do it yeah and yeah. create a community around it like it's it's pretty small um the the number one con- comment i saw that like just cracked me up was somebody said everyone knows card counting exists but casinos still exist that's really all the math you should have <laughs> that's completely fair. Yeah. yeah um and basically like what a lot of them said about like even if you're really good at card counting the problem is you also have to be good at blackjack because Card counting, all it does, I, I kind of started this early on by saying this, but card counting, what it does is it eliminates the advantage the house has, right? Yep. But that's assuming everyone's playing perfectly. Yeah. So you need to not just know how to count cards quickly. And again, the method isn't necessarily the challenging part. It's you need to know exactly when to hit and when to stay and and when to split and all of that, right? Which is which I mean, some of it is very logical, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you have it a two and a four, probably hit, but, but sometimes it gets a little more challenging and, and you have to have all those kind of combinations memorized and be able to do it quickly in the moment. Or again, you're going to be very obviously seen if you, if people are like watching you count in your head before you decide to hit or, or stay on any specific combination. Yeah. And I think to your point, like being assessing the people around you and not like people aren't going to play perfectly. Right. Like that's assuming everyone around you is a rational actor. And by rational, I mean like makes that perfect decision. And it's, that's a variable completely outside of your control. Yeah. And, and, and additionally, like in an IMA, uh, that set that right. What to say? I am a, I always say I am a, what are you saying? I am a, I am a person what? like the Reddit threads where someone says I am somebody and then everyone asks them questions. Isn't it just AMA? Ask me anything. Yeah, I guess it's an AMA. Yes. But in the I am a. <laughs> yeah. Then you just say. Yeah. All right. I'm shut up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in the AMA, um, somebody who claims to be a professional card counter, uh, he says it took him nine months before he was ready to like actually go into casinos and legitimately try to employ the strategy. I'm ready to go right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, He says the first step is to learn the basic strategy, which is, you know, when to hit, when to split, when to stay and all of that. Uh, And then it's to do, see how quickly you can get at doing the card counting method. Mm -hmm. High low is always the one people recommend. And then third is to be able to do all of that with enormous distractions in your face. (laughs) How did he practice that? Do you have like someone come scream at him? He didn't specify that. (laughs) But also like the other thing is like, and this was a consistent theme is that even when people are doing all the steps right, there's still kind of the human nature of it, which is like 
you might know statistically this is the hand to bet big on, but if you've just lost a bunch or like, even if you haven't, like that can be hard to like, you have to overcome your emotions. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Or listen to your emotions sometimes. Maybe. Like, yeah. yeah. And so like, you have to be able to just like throw money on the table knowing you might not get that back. Right. And again, this is where that variance and having a big bankroll happens or what, where it's important, excuse me. Uh, so the kind of the last thing is I, I, I mentioned this earlier that there are people who think, casinos have way overreacted to card counting Mm -hmm. and again this goes back to a lot of these these points people are making but um there's a a guy named elliot jacobson who is a phd professor of mathematics at ohio actually he's retired now but he was at ohio university uh he also was a computer scientist at uc santa barbara and owned a casino consulting business so this guy knows knows his shit um he said this was in 2012 so things could have changed but basically he said he estimated at the time that there were maybe fewer than 2,000 competent card counters in the entire world at okay. the time. So again, statistically insignificant. <laughs> yeah. He's saying by competent, he specifically means people with the skills and the bankroll and the opportunity to play. Mm. And of those, the vast majority were what he called recreational or low-level players. The people who are playing the, the low-stakes tables and are walking away maybe a hundred, two hundred dollars richer a night, right? Yeah, like a couple hundred bucks is a little fun. Yeah. Not some not like you see in the movie Twenty One where exactly. people are making like a, a million dollar scheme here. Yeah, and he says to those people that at the, again, twenty twelve, that there may be under a hundred full time professional card counters with the ability to seriously damage a casino's hold. So this is 10 years ago, the number I would bet has gone down just because of the way casinos are able to um, implement uh, strategies against card counters. But the point was, even 10 years ago, he thought maybe 100 people in the entire world that could actually scare a casino if they were in their casino. Give me a week and it'll be 101. <laughs> is that what your face has been this entire just yeah. to say that? <laughs> yes. um, uh, so he, he goes on to say basically that he thinks casinos are wasting their time and effort. Uh he says most people who the casinos think are card counters aren't because what the card, what the casinos are focusing on is the random variance of any, any game. And so if somebody suddenly starts winning big, that could just be them winning big. Yeah. Right? I was going to say like, they must throw people out by mistake. Yeah. A hun- and that's what he, he argues that's extremely likely and is happening. Uh, he also says if someone is card counting again, statistically speaking, that player is most likely losing money anyways, <laughs> because just because you're doing it. And even if you're doing it well, doesn't mean you're winning. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, and cause I've always, yeah, I've always wondered that like, it doesn't guarantee you anything. It just gives you a better idea of the odds. You're playing the odds, which is again, I, keeps going back to bankroll, bankroll, bankroll. You need to have that uh, money to, to be able to handle the variance. Um, he goes, he basically has a list of reasons why he thinks those card counters are losing. Um, one of which is exactly what you said. Uh, additionally, he says some of them believe in the blackjack blackjack mythology, which is there's like other old blackjack strategies like progression betting and stuff that like people still fall into, even if they're card counting and, and do, does not help them. Um, people aren't good at it. Um, they don't have the bankroll like we just said. Uh, and then and we said it this as well earlier that they don't have the nerve to put those large bets out when they need to. And, and even if they have all, even if they skip all those, they probably are not 
uh, they're not playing at tables and in casinos and at stakes where the the bet the good betting <laughs> is actually going to help them, right? If you're playing in a casino that's got four decks of cards and they're shuffling it every other hand, basically, why are you even bothering? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. So yes, yeah, so that's that's card counting. Do you want to know why I was thinking about this? I would love to. Yes. Uh, there there's this book that I've loved since I was a child and I've reread it probably a dozen times in my life. Uh, it's called the wonderful story of Henry sugar and it is by Roald Dahl. Uh, so anti-Semitic person that he, though he is, um, but it's, uh, Roald Dahl, what I don't know, I don't know if many people know this, but he wrote a lot of really good adult stories. Okay. And even not, even if not adult, just non children's stories, right. In addition to his James and giant peaches and Matilda's and all that, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He, he, there's just stories that he wrote that was more for non children, I guess. Um, and, and one of them was this collection of short stories called the wonderful story of Henry sugar and six more. And in the, the Henry sugar story specifically, it's about, uh, a guy who very selfish guy who only cares about himself, very rich entitled asshole. You know, you're really your ideal dating profile type. <laughs> uh, and long story short is he like, discovers a book it's a story within a story within a story kind of um story <laughs> but like he discovers a book that teaches him how to see through th- things uh by like learning like ancient yogi practices oh, yes <laughs> yes uh but he uses it and to look through cards to see like what card is being held in a game right oh that would be a cool skill yeah and so his whole plan is to win lots of money at casinos using this whole technique and then he realizes over like the whole point is he realizes money isn't actually great especially if you have it already and it's really easy to get and so he starts to realize he should be doing his life differently and he starts using it to fund orphanages and stuff it's a very it's a heartwarming story by the end but it takes a little bit to get there it's very raw doll uh rich people problem am i right (laughs) but anyways i was i was reading it recently i was like oh i you know like it's basically card counting it's just a more mystical way of doing it so it made me think of that i put on my list and then though it's been on my list for a long time because i read this again like maybe the start of this whole podcast adventure you know i did so it's been my list pretty much since then but the other day i just saw netflix is wes anderson is making a movie for netflix about that story oh that's cool (laughs) yes because he's done what did he he did fantastic mr fox or whatever another all those stories um but yeah so i was like okay this is this is a sign i need to do this yeah oh that was interesting thanks (laughs) (laughs) And that's Card Counters. If you've ever won a lot of money at the casino and want to tell us your lie about that story, you can contact us on Instagram at Subscurity Podcast. Our Twitter handle is at Subscurity Pod. Our website is Subscurity.com. And our email address that we never check is Subscurity at gmail.com. Our intro and outro music is the instrumental of We're Better Together by Go Mordecai. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.